Hi, everyone. This is Coach Fab for Casinos USA podcast. And welcome to our 141st podcast, our late September podcast 2022. I think we have a good one for you today. Our feature story is a book review uh, discussion, one person discussion of the book by Eric Sherwood, also known aka as the Annoyed Pit Boss on Twitter and Facebook. His book is entitled Delt. Stories from my life on the felt. <laughs> a little bit of a rhyme there. We'll also be discussing college football and NFL football and some of the pitfalls and some of the rewards of being a sports better. And, and then finally, we'll be talking about craps. We'll close by asking Janie 10 questions about her reaction to the book dealt. We'll be right back. But first, we always... Welcome our digital audience, and they show up sometimes in small numbers and sometimes in great numbers. Thanks for coming, everybody. Just trying out a little electric piano, but let's talk about this book, and we have quite a bit to say about it. Um, as you may know or not know, uh, Eric Sherwood is uh, a dealer. I'm not sure if he's in Las Vegas. Um, I know he makes a scene in Las Vegas because he had a book signing on Fremont Street. I believe it was at the Plaza. Um, his book is, I'm telling you, it's not, it's not a magazine article. <laughs> no. It's uh, with everything involved. It's almost 200 pages. Yeah, I'm going with the epilogue. I'm going and meet the author, about the author. I'm going 200 pages exactly. So it's truly a work. Um, you, you certainly can download it less expensively, but I'm, I'm a hard copy kind of guy, especially when I want to make notes and comments in a book for my own benefit. And, and then in addition, doing this book review, we thought that would be helpful you know, in creating the podcast today. We also ran by some of the things that Eric said in the book, um, with other dealers. I do have a grandson who's a dealer on the strip, um, a major um, gaming company. He doesn't want me to talk about who he is and where he is. For whatever reason, I honor that. So the first question I would ask, you know, um, I'm thinking about our audience and the friends I have that are recreational gamblers. I'm, I'm asking, who should read this book? Who should read Eric Sherwood's book, Delt, Stories from My Life on the Felt. Who should read it? And after weeks of consideration, about three weeks I've been working on this, I'm going to answer it. I think nearly anyone who gambles and expects to beat the casino and table games in a consistent manner should read this book. I'll repeat, nearly everyone who gambles and expects to win <laughs> to beat the casino should read this book. Because clearly, Eric makes the point over and over and over, winning is the exception. Winning is the exception. And one of my criticisms, you know, we all say things uh, repeatedly, <laughs> repeatedly, <laughs> repeatedly, what the hell? <laughs> we all say things, we overuse sometimes our own expressions in our daily conversations. I know I do. I'm guilty of it. But anyway, he talks about the early focus of the book is about gambling degenerates. Gambling degenerates. <laughs> I hope you're not one. But his first uh, 
slice of life little episodes that, that he builds the book on, you know, with different people coming to the blackjack table in particular. And he, he makes it clear that they are truly gambling degenerates. And, you know, he actually goes out of his way, particularly when he was a young dealer, to tell people to quit. You know? And they took that famous walk of shame to the ATM and came back and lost again and again and again. There's one story, I, I, I'm not going to retell the book, but there's one story about a man who actually called his bank, you know, and uh, he lost seventy, eighty thousand dollars 80000 I guess you could say at the moment he lost, you know, his savings. So, wow. Um, I haven't seen that at a craps table, uh, but... I've seen people lose thousands, but nothing like seventy, eighty thousand dollars. This was a high limit blackjack room, and you know, just a few people at the table. Sometimes just one person who won't go <laughs> takes up nearly your whole shift. Uh, my grandson said um, he has someone like that. We were discussing that episode in the book, and he said he has someone like that that sits at a table for eight hours, you know, for the shift. But he's but she's a big tipper, so. Um, that's something that's important. Uh, the other thing I have to tell you about and sort of warn you about is Eric doesn't hold back on the profanity. And in terms of not him calling people uh, names other than, you know, a drunken, degenerate gambler, on what he's been called. And that's repeatedly, I mean, so it's full of vulgarity that people have used against him. Some of it's actually threatening, you know. It's a dealer, a blackjack dealer, doesn't put the cord, cards in any order. So you're sitting on a 20, and uh, <laughs> they flip a card over, and they got 21. I mean, that's just a game. You know, you can play um, a table game perfectly, and blackjack is, you know, if you play it perfectly, absolutely perfect basic strategy, you can get, uh, you know, a half a percent house edge. That's about as low as it goes, you know, overall, but you can still lose. And and people who, I don't know if this is the correct term, professional blackjack players or degenerate gamblers, one or the other, people who try to, uh, you know, beat the casino in blackjack, and I'm not talking about card counters here, I'm talking about people who play basic strategy, they are quite aware that they could go on losing streaks because the cards just to come out against them. And, you know, um, Eric <laughs> says something that... Uh, I think it's so true. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I, he I hear this all the time. Something happens at a craps table. Something happens at a blackjack table. And one person, two people, three people say, unbelievable or effing unbelievable. <laughs> and they really mean it in a bad way. You know, it's unbelievable. Seven. Holy cow. It's just a second roll. You know, seven out. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's probably the most common expression. But I um, had this conversation with the... Uh, not my grandson, but dealers in Western Pennsylvania, you know, uh, casino dealers, and they said that there's no way they would put up with the, with the vulgarity that Eric put up with, particularly when he started out as into, and and he they would just say, you know, leave the table, and there would be no issues with the casino. Um, Pennsylvania is pretty tough. I mean, it's pretty tough, and uh, you know, that's not the kind of environment they they want to have either. I think so. I don't think there's really sleazy casinos in this state. I mean, and I, in southern Indiana, same way. You know, in my travels there, I'm talking about hundreds of hours at, uh, at casino resorts in southern Indiana. And in northern Indiana, at the Blue Chip, same way. 
They just tell you to leave the table. I, I will tell you quickly, um, I was shooting from the don'ts. And, you know, I don't, I don't give a damn. I just wanted to shoot from the don'ts. And uh, because I was playing hybrid, I was on the don'ts, but I was placing numbers, you know. So I was trying to roll numbers. I wasn't trying to roll a seven. Seven was a hedge. And I rolled a seven, and which after I had taken down my place bets, you know, I had I was I was going three and down, three and down. That's what I was doing. It was a pretty nice table, but people weren't making their points. They were having long rolls, and that's what I did. So I, I started on the pass line. Excuse me, on the don't pass line, but I also placed bets, and I had the don't pass with odds. When I took my place bets down, I left those odds there. Sometimes I pulled the odds and just played a basic bet I made, but I did it. And I rolled a seven. And so this guy says to me, uh, you MFer, but he, you know, he actually said it out. I'm not just, we're not going to lose our relationship with our outlets by using that kind of language. So anyway, I said to the uh, pit boss standing behind the table, not the box man, the pit boss was standing there behind the table. I said, you expect me to put up with that? And he said, no, I don't. And I, he told the guy, leave, leave, you know, and, uh, you know, he said, I'm not leaving. And then they called security and he left. And you know what? I'm not a crybaby and I could have taken his dude out, but I'm not going to go to a resort and spend a lot of money and uh, have somebody call me an MFer, like screaming at me. You know, if you can't take sevens and craps, you should get off the craps table because they come across, <laughs> they're going to make their appearance sometimes too often, sometimes every eight rolls, and sometimes occasionally. You're going to get 30, 40 rolls before they do. But I'm not going to put up with it. And I think uh, that, you know, all the dealers I talked to in my home area said there's no way that would happen in Pennsylvania where people would uh, MF you, threaten you, that kind of stuff, and people would put up with it. They'd be taken out uh, uh, of the casino, maybe banned, you know, for a period or maybe for life because they just don't want to put up with it. They're making so much money, uh, and there's, a, there's more and more um, – housewives, women, working women, playing table games now than ever before, in my opinion. And, you know, again, I'm, maybe I'm old school, but you don't use that kind of language around women. Come on. So that's what I'm saying. But I want to return to the idea that winning is the exception. It's hard. It's very hard to find easy street. Oh, man, sometimes when it comes up, it's just wonderful, and it's you know you want to go back because you remember those times where you know you had a long rolling uh, craps or somebody else at the table did, and um, you just got the greatest cards in the world, um, you know, in blackjack, <laughs> and you won over and over again. And uh, video poker, you got a straight flush, not a royal flush, but you'll take it. You want some money, <laughs> you know, on a, on a playing. Max bet, you know, straight flush is nice. And so so here's four of a kind, four aces, four kings, four queens. You know, those are those are nice moments. You know, if you can quit when you're ahead, that's that's another thing that's very hard to do. But every game in the place is loaded on the casino side. Now I know the odds bet and odds best and craps, there's no house advantage, but that doesn't mean there's an advantage for you. <laughs> that single bet is 50-50. But to make that bet, you have to have money on uh, either the pass line or the don't pass line to go odds on either line. So, and those have a house edge, you know, not a big one, but they have a house edge. Um, Baccarat has a low house edge. You don't touch the cards in mini Baccarat. 
but you don't know what's going to happen. You know, people watch the things and they say, you know, players do or players not do. And, and Eric repeatedly makes a sense. You can read all the things you want to. There's no way to predict what's coming up next. You know, that's just a waste of time. So one of the lessons that I think all recreational gamblers, before it gets to their head because they had some success, is winning is the exception. Um, that's, that's a quote from the book. Winning is an exception. Um, you know, he talked a few times about people that won thousands of dollars. But, you know, generally they came back <laughs> and gave most of it back, if not all of it back. And, you know, sometimes Eric and, and Curtis Lee said, being courteous, I think he doesn't want people to know that he's courteous because <laughs> he's the annoyed pit boss, said, you know, you should go home, it's time to call it quits, et cetera, et cetera. But people just have this thing, they want to play, they want to play, and uh, they lost it. They lost most of it, if not all of it, back. And sometimes they actually went into the hole because they had to go to the ATM to keep on playing. I want you to think about the, um, particularly the YouTube videos uh, where you know, you can beat blackjack, you can beat roulette. I mean, playing roulette is pretty close to getting robbed in the parking lot outside a casino. <laughs> I mean, that's really, really a tough table game to win at. People do the magic of that spinning ball, but it's a tough game. And, um, I, you know, I played red and black occasionally. You know, occasionally means like once a year. <laughs> Just because everything else, I couldn't sit down anywhere else, and I had to sit down at my age. So, but anyway, that's a rough one. And mini baccarat, it's okay. It's 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 not so thrilling. It's a game of streaks, I think, but it's a game of like logical betting. But you know, in terms of uh, starting low and betting higher as you go, like pressing. But you can't predict what's going to happen next in that game. And in blackjack. As well, it's very hard to beat the casino. And, you know, I've had other people on here, and, and we all agree. If you break even, you won, man. That's why we're recreational gamblers, you know. I'm uh, retired, so I can put a lot of time into preparing for sports betting. A lot of time into pre preparing for sports betting. And the NFL games have been so crazy in terms of last-second wins, field goals, scores in the last minute, sometimes, as I said, the last second, I'm 15 and 11. And I, I probably could have been 15 and 11 if I'd have just thrown darts, you know. And <laughs> I mean, I'm still up. I'm still up. And, and I'll, I'll talk about, you know, my latest picks, but it's very difficult to beat the casino, and Eric makes that case repeatedly. One of the most interesting... Uh, episodes you know again it's a series of episodes short episodes uh, from his memories it's in it's in that sense it's autobiographical because you learn as much ab about Eric as you do about the players at the tables but he, he calls a paranoid player and and there are people that um, they're dangerous you know they they think that somehow you're as a you as a dealer are working against them you know and uh they can give you trouble, and, and you don't, they're crazy. And there's enough crazy people walking around, you know, all the street crime that we have, carjackings and stuff. And sometimes those same people are in the casino. And that's a great story. And, again, I'm not going to retell stories because I want you to buy this book or download the book. I think I paid $14 on Amazon for the book. But um, to me, it was worth it. Uh, you might want to go the inexpensive route. But 
there's some there's some episodes that you think, oh, come on, Eric, this is just like the last one you said. It's another drunken degenerate gambler. But after the whole picture, you know, when you think consider the whole picture, it's um, it's well worth the read. And and the other thing is, you get to see how jaded, how jaded uh, dealers can be because of these experiences. And it's not to the end of the book that Eric tries to reverse himself a little bit and say what a great job it is. Because as you go through these uh, episodes, you think, this guy really is annoyed. This guy is really upset. This guy doesn't really want to go to work. This guy doesn't really like what he does. And in the end, he, he kind of reverses and says, yeah, it's, it's true. I do like it. I do love it, etc." Um, the other thing I thought that I've seen over and over again where girlfriends or wives try to get somebody to quit playing. You know, their spouse, their boyfriend. It's usually, it's usually, you know, gender specific. It's usually the female that's trying to tell the male, it's time to go home. It's time to do something else, you know. And I'll close by telling you that Janie and I have this agreement. Like when we travel, it's not about gambling. It's about exploring. I mean, she, she actually explores casinos. And it's, I think it's very pleasant to walk in casinos because it's nice and soft and comfortable. But, you know, there's there's things around the casinos that I agree to go with her to visit. And it's just not about gambling. So what kind of a date is it, you know, if you go to a casino with, uh, you know, on your third date with somebody and you sit down on a blackjack table, they don't know how to play. Do you expect them to stand behind you? <laughs> so I we do play, Janie and I do play video poker together very often. You know, we right beside each other. Sometimes at the same machine if it's a... You know, if we're going five dollars a spin, she'll do one, I'll do one, etc. You know, if there's an empty seat, we'll we'll just play one machine. But that's what we do. And so, you know, you can share these casino experiences with others, um, spouses, friends, uh, dates, girlfriend, boyfriend, that kind of thing. But don't be so selfish. And I think you'll see a lot of selfish people. I hope you don't see yourself in Eric's book. Um, but you'll see a lot of people, you know, so do your best uh, to make it uh, one that you can enjoy with another person. All right. And again, I do recommend Casinos USA recommends that you take a look at this book by Eric Sherwood, the annoyed pit boss who's not really so annoying. I think he's a little jaded at times. The book is Dealt Stories from My Life on the Felt. Congratulations, Eric. It's um autobiographical too as much as it is about gambling and i agree and i'll scream it from the building to the ceilings you know i'll stand from the parking garages and scream winning is the exception it's very difficult to repeatedly beat the casino let's take a short break and come back for part two of casinos usa episode 141 Hey, so welcome to Coach Fab's world of sports betting. I just want to start by telling everyone that I think the best way to begin sports betting is not at a sports book in a casino, but with a sports app. I hope I hope that your state approves. Um, you know, we're talking about legal here, not offshore legal sports apps where you can place bets. And the reason I suggest that is. Because on all these apps, you know, let's just talk about Barstool uh, on my phone here, uh, BetMGM Sports, um, 
FanDuel, DraftKings. Those are the ones I have on, on my phone. And the reason I have four of them is because they have promotions. Like last week, uh, BetMGM Sports, their promotion was if you deposit $10, you got a free $50 bet. Well, uh, you know, that's okay. <laughs> and uh, I won the bet. I didn't, the $50 wasn't part of it. They just gave you what you want. So I didn't, you know, I didn't win $50 plus the bet. I just won the betting part. But nonetheless, you know, I, I didn't spend the $10. I had to do was just deposit it. And they did let me bet $50, which I won. And I bet on a favorite. I think I ended up winning $17, you know, but again, that cost me nothing. The other thing I'll say is you can bet so low to get, you know, to learn how to bet. So there's there's two ways, you know, there you can take the money line and I don't need to explain all the things about the money line except the biggest thing is to bet the money line your team has to win. They don't have to beat a spread. They don't have to win by 5 points, 4 points, 10 points, you know, 18 points. They just have to win. So if you're going to bet the favorite, um you might have to bet $2 to win $1. You might have to bet, you know, five dollars to win a dollar fifty so when when someone's a clear big favorite i don't think the money line's the way to go i just stay away from those kind of games but if somebody on the spread is favored uh to win by six you know what i think i'm gonna go with the money line instead because if they win by three or one i'm gonna win i'm gonna win something you know and it's usually pretty close to what i bet so it's usually like you know one to one when you get that close uh, there's always a you know a fee that the casino takes out, but that's very slight. So uh, I sometimes bet the spread and the money line. On the spread, uh, for, here's one here's one for example. There was a I think a 16 point spread the Notre Dame Ohio State game, and I you know I spend a hundred hours at least because I'm a Notre Dame grad. I'm a fanatic and. Uh, I'm I'm saying a high state has more talent and a proven coach, so they're going to win the game. So I bet a high state on the money line, and then I picked Notre Dame to beat the spread, and I think Notre Dame lost by ten. If I remember, I can't remember this name of the score, but they didn't lose by seventeen. So I won both bets. I won the money line bet on a high state, and I won the you know the fact that the the Irish beat the spread. They didn't lose as much as the casinos thought they would lose as sports books. So I won both. Um, the national championship basketball game, if you remember, it was Kansas and North Carolina. And I think the spread was six points. And I said, you know, I think it's going to be a, like a one or two point win for Kansas. And I bet Kansas on the money line and I picked North Carolina on the spread. And I won a considerable amount because I bet $50 on each one. And, um, you know, hey, <laughs> I won them both because uh, – North Carolina lost, but by less than six points, and all the all the Kansas had to do was win, and they did, and so I, I did really well. So, to start your betting on sports apps, bet a buck. You know, nobody knows what you bet. Well, three, two, one was a system that I used sometimes in craps, and it was a way to play. Um, Jeremy Ellerick um, liked it, and he used it in his color up. Uh, crap demonstrations and it won money when he did it he did it one time he won money <laughs> and i've won money but there's no guarantees it's also lost money um and, and that's the thing about betting apps you know you can look at Jer jeremy ellerick's presentations they're wonderful and there are other presentations on 
YouTube that may not be as good. Sometimes they are. There's there's a couple that I liked. But you can go to a betting app and play craps for 50 cents a bet. All min, all bets have a 50 cent minimum. So you see a system that you like and say, "Ah, oh, man." But instead of instead of going to a $10 table, you know, at your local casino, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to bet 50 cents on on what I'm required to do. You know? And see how it works. And I'm not talking about um, craps played with a computer chip. I'm talking about live craps. There's a company that has a craps table. It's the same company exactly at the same time on several of these apps now. It's called Live Craps. And it's, it's a nice table. One end of the table has a mechanical arm. The dice are set in the sense that they show you the picture of how they're set. Usually what they do is whatever number was just rolled, they use that number for the next roll. So, you know, for, if it's a five and it was a 4-1, then they'll set the dice 4-1 showing up, facing up. So you're looking down on 4-1. And this little mechanical arm, um, it's definitely a metal thing. It goes back and throws, and, it, you know, sometimes the dice bounce off the table, just like in a real casino. And they hit the back wall, and then, you know, you're, you're paid. Now, the only difference is you don't have to be numerically correct because, you know, in, in a traditional craps manner, if you were going to bet on the six or the eight, which is a good bet, um, it's in increments of six dollars. And so you, that's not the case, um, even with bubble craps in a casino or cylinder craps. But we're talking about apps on your phone. You, you can bet 50 cents. It doesn't matter. I mean, it pays correctly mathematically. You know, it does that. So that's an advantage. You wouldn't expect dealers to do that, right? I want to bet, you know, four dollars and fifty cents on the six. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you tried that. Well, don't do it around Eric Sherwood, boy. He'd be annoyed, right? <laughs> Just kidding, Eric. So we're, we're recommending that to learn more about system craps because there's no system in the world. Don't believe what you hear on YouTube that guarantees you success. The, there's a house edge built in against you. But if you want to try a roulette system, if you want to try a backrest system, they have live roulette, they have live backrest, and, and most of them are 50-cent minimums. So you can try and experiment and have fun. But I think it's time for me to bring Janny in, and uh, she wants to add to what we've said about Dealt by Eric Sherwood, the annoyed pit boss, a.k.a. the annoyed pit boss. And we'll be right back with Janie. Well, Jenny and I discussed this book, uh, Dealt, for many weeks, and I want to give her a chance to respond to some of the things that I said in the book review and some of the things that uh, I didn't really expand on too much. But the first one is, Janie, how do you relate to this idea that winning in casinos is the exception? Well, just look around and ask people who won. You know, they might win a few dollars here and there, but as far as the big bucks go. I mean, if you're talking in the thousands, I think that's the exception. And we just ran into a, a woman at a reunion that we happened to be at the other day, and um, she gambles a lot, and she gambles in almost every state that has gaming in it for the last 20-some years. Um, and she has won two big jackpots, a $10,000 one and an $800 one. So, you know, if you're looking at those large amounts, I'd say that's 
that's exceptional. Doesn't happen every time you go there, right? No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. Number two. The author of this book talks so much about gambling degenerates, drunken, particularly drunken gambling degenerates. How many have you ever seen at a casino? Well, I haven't stood around looking for them, for one thing. And since I don't play a whole lot of table games, um, I've played craps with you, and in the I've played uh, pie gal poker, and I've played baccarat. But I haven't really run into any myself. I agree. I, it was hard for me to embrace some of those episodes because I just haven't seen that many people. I, well, because if they were there, they were thrown out. I know, but he's a dealer. And he deals, you know, he would have shifts that would be around the clock. So yeah, that's maybe we're where... not seeing, you know, how often have you stayed after midnight? A couple times. <laughs> well, I know we have. I know we have, and the younger we were, yeah. yeah, the more we did. But And when we first started with gaming, you know, before it was legal everywhere, and as casinos okay, would Okay, another thing that Eric well, said was, what about the profanity? He, you know, so much profanity here is directed at him. I haven't heard... I haven't heard much profanity directed at a dealer at well, all. I, yeah, I've, I've never, only once did I encounter that where there was profanity directed right at the table people, and that was in a craps game, and there's four people playing there, so, or four people assisting there. Eric talks a lot about, in the book, about he wants people to tip and the dealers need tips, and, but he doesn't talk about customer service, and I, I think the two go together. Personally, if I don't have a dealer that's friendly and seems like he's willing to service me on on my bets, et cetera, I'm not going to tip him. So what? how do you feel about that, customer oh, service? I, I, I feel it goes, they go hand in hand, and I do feel that dealers should be tipped. I, I really do. But if they're curt or short with you, um, if they aren't customer friendly, then no. Uh, Eric seems very often in the book to almost seem a casino to be sleazy and I think do you, do you agree with me I think we've had very little experience with casinos that we think are sleazy oh I, I agree uh, most of the ones that we have gone to are just so nice to visit um, they're clean they're uh, upscale everything seems uh, you know top of the line very nice uh, I think as we would step in, if we got that feeling, we'd just turn around and leave. And we have done that on some on Fremont Street. Yes, I agree. All right. Now, he doesn't talk at all about recreational gamblers. At least I don't remember reading anything about recreational gamblers. He seems to be unaware of people like that. And I think these are the people, the majority of people who go to casino. They go to have fun. Recreational gamblers, not big time gamblers. Well, I'm not quite sure what you mean by recreational gambling. You go for enjoying either. enjoy yeah. gambling. You're not okay. there necessarily to win money. You just want to have fun. Even if you lose some money, it's okay. If you break even, that's fantastic. Right. I, I think the majority of the people I know um, are all recreational. And when you do it on your computer, that's recreational too. I mean, you're not trying to make a living and you're not trying to pay for your medical, you know, benefits or anything by no no so you know that's recreation now again he's been a dealer for a lot of years so he has seen a lot more people at the tables than i have myself so um he he's judging this and he's i think he's become somewhat jaded yeah i think that i'm going to get to that point <clears throat> he talks about betting systems as 
being a waste of time. And I don't, I th I don't think they're a waste of time if you understand that there's no guarantees with them. How do you feel about betting systems and slots or anything else? Well, I, I don't know very many betting systems in slots. Um, I, I think, you know, you can go to a machine and just test it out, you know, let it, you know, have five or six runs at it, uh, turns of the wheel, so to speak. And, you know, if nothing's happening, then you move on. Or, well, that's a system. That's, okay, call it a system. It doesn't seem like a system, but it just yeah, seems like a way to play. Yeah, some put $10 okay. in this one. Well, right. I understand. And I'm also saying that then, you know, you move on, you go to another machine, and the same thing happens. Uh, or, uh, in my case, I always like to go back to the old faithfuls. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where I I know I have done well with those. And for some reason, I just feel I can and I usually do. All right. So let me ask you this one. I, uh, Eric says it. I say it. Others have said it. You really to be a gambler, you have to quit when you're ahead. How did you teach yourself to quit when you were ahead? Well, I just set a budget, a limit, and I never, ever go to the ATM. You know, I just if this is it, then I'm done. All right. Two more questions. Instead of calling himself the annoyed pit boss, which he does on Twitter, I think of him as a jaded pit boss. Do you agree with that? Oh, I, yeah. I think he's more jaded than annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> really. I Because no matter what type of customer, and I'm sure there's all kinds that he's had to deal with over the years and different games, um, I don't know that he's annoyed all the time. He's just become jaded with... What happens? You know, this. You know, people bring in so much money, and then they think they're going to win. They're trying to win, but they lose it all. Or if they do win, then they play it all back. And I, I think he just has gotten tired of that. He does talk about uh, one of his episodes is um, couples, be they married or not. You know, young couples, older couples, how they get into some terrible fights in a casino. And I've seen plenty of those. Oh, I, I've seen those too. Uh, too numerous to count even, you know, it, it's uh, either they're complaining because the one has gambled too much or one doesn't want to gamble at all. Uh, they can't agree on what to do. Uh, I, yeah, I've seen many of the, I agree with them there. There's probably a lot of that that goes on. And I think when one person won't quit and the other one's saying, come on, we have to go somewhere else and then arguments sometimes. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. It well, happens. <laughs> okay. So. This book, there's parts of it I didn't like and parts of it I enjoyed, but I think it's a book that gamblers should read because you have insights from a dealer that's, you know, been a dealer for a number of years. And so that's, I think it's interesting to see what actually goes on behind the scenes in a casino. And he does expose a lot of that, you know, and talks about it. So I would do, I do recommend this book. Uh, so... Take it from us. Give it a try. And if you don't want to spend the $14, you can get a, a download a copy that's for, you know, much more inexpensive. Right. I, I think I mean, if you like to gamble, if you like to visit casinos, I think it's always advantageous to read whatever's out there. I know we have a really a very large library. We have probably every book written on craps ever at least important ones <laughs> well yeah and we have all other books on other games and I, I don't think you you know it's like reading anything else you can just learn from that learn how to be more patient or um all right well okay. we're going to be uh off to vegas in early october so we're not going to come back till the late october podcast 
So, so we'll be enjoying uh, actually Las Vegas and Reno, and we'll get back to you. Thanks for listening. And remember, Casinos USA is still a place where every, every day, day is Saturday. Saturday.